0: Maybe cybersecurity has a little bit of a history of being very technology-focused and more and more we realize as a, as a discipline how important it is to involve humans into the whole game.
1: Welcome, guys, to a brand new episode of our podcast Human and AI, Mind, Machines and the Gradient Descent.
2: Thanks for tuning in. That means the world to us. We are Vera and Uli, the moderators of today's session.
1: And our today's genius mind is Kai Hermsen from Siemens Corporate Technology in Munich. He is the global coordinator of the Charter of Trust, driving the Siemens Cybersecurity Strategy and pushes the term trust as a new gold. Enough of an introduction. Let's dive right into I'm More than happy to have Kai with you. Kai, thanks for being part of this podcast series. Yeah, can you describe maybe in one to two minute sentence a bit, you know, who, who is Kai and what are you actually doing here?
0: For Siemens, I'm coordinating the Charter of Trust, which is our global approach on collaboration towards more cybersecurity and at Siemens I work in the cybersecurity in the global cybersecurity department being responsible for cybersecurity of this group and the chart of trust is a major mechanism to ensure that Siemens and all our family members stay secure.
2: Kai which song or band would you say would be the soundtrack of your last couple of weeks and why?
0: Well, that's an interesting one. I Probably it's two different ones. One is probably the soundtrack to Paw Patrol because my kids are always around and they, they just love that. And it, it's pretty sticky, whoever has kids and has seen the show you will never forget the other band that i like very much right now is parcels which is an australian band living in berlin uh, and it's kind of an uplifting music so i don't want to listen to sad stuff right because we're in isolation anyway. we need something uplifting.
1: oh yeah interesting
0: so yeah staying positive on this positive side yeah
1: before you were you know driving uh, the strategy and coming into the field was cybersecurity always somehow your field, or what? What brought you to the to this topic, and maybe also to to corporate research or corporate technology? What was the path towards them?
0: Yeah, I'm, it, it, that's an interesting question because I'm by background probably I'm one of the few in cybersecurity or cybersecurity experts that are that is not a software engineer. So I don't have an engineering background. I have a business background. I started in Siemens. I started working in the internal consulting branch um, and. And at some point in time, uh, I kind of, if I can say so, stumbled over cybersecurity, which back in the days became more and more of a strategic matter for Siemens. And I found it very intriguing and interesting because I could see the potential that cybersecurity would have on our business operations as a business opportunity, that's one, but also as a as a crucial factor in man- managing the risk that Siemens would have in, in running its business. So... I got really intrigued that at some point in time, then I, I made the decision, okay, I want to do more about this. And I really want to drive this topic for Siemens. And at some point in time felt also I want to drive it beyond Siemens because the topic is so big. And that's where kind of it all came together. And we, as Siemens, started the chart of trust. And, and I was very I had the fortune, so to say, to be able to drive this topic and it has been very interesting.
2: You mentioned the Charter of Trust. As a global coordinator for the Charter of Trust, can you describe to the audience what is the main idea behind the Charter of Trust?
0: Oh, absolutely, Vera. We believe the Charter of Trust is, is an answer to you know, the challenges that are out there in cybersecurity. And one thing needs to be said, cybersecurity is nothing new and certainly nothing new for Siemens because we've been doing cybersecurity for the last 30 years or more than 30 years, actually, which if you think about it is impressive because the internet isn't even that old. So Siemens has a track record in cybersecurity for for longer than we have the internet. That being said, what we saw was that something changed in terms of cybersecurity and became... You know, out of a a, a, certainly an important topic, it became a matter of strategic importance to the business. And that was because we see a higher professionalization of cyber attacks. We see how technology is kind of transcending everything we do in business, but even more so, maybe even on a societal level. We also see that governments and states are kind of picking up on the topic and they want to regulate because they feel it's a matter of social stability. And all of this coming together and the new challenges in Siemens, we came together and said, look, if the situation, if you will, in cybersecurity is is not improving despite all our efforts, we need to think about new approaches to tackle that challenge, because taking the same approach and then hoping it will improve. If it didn't over the past years, of course, doesn't make much sense. And, and that's when we came together and said, look, the topic cybersecurity is much bigger than Siemens. And Siemens is big, but it's much bigger than Siemens. There's other companies, world-leading companies that feel the same. So we came together and said, then let's collaborate on this. And now, two years into this, we see... That was a good and the right idea, and there's still so much to do together on cybersecurity.
1: So are there, are there certain principles the partners then need to align on? Is that like a, an agenda? And, you know, uh, what kinds of commitments do you infer from partners if if you want to be a partner right out there? to be of the entire community and ecosystem of the Charter of
0: Trust. Yeah, we have principles and they're very important because you see these principles are forming the Charter of Trust. Uh, So when we got together and there was a smaller group of, of companies kind of thinking, oh, we need to do something on cybersecurity and we might want to do this together. We came together and from our really different requirements, we distilled the ones that we found were really business critical. And we came together and wrote these 10 principles that are kind of a 360 degree view on what we believe needs to be done on the matter of cybersecurity to improve. Yeah, I can say so nothing less than the state of the world if it comes to cybersecurity. It's it's focused on cybersecurity. I need to be very clear. And then we called it the chart of trust because we, we came to the notion that You know, trust has always been important and it will be important in the future. But in future, the one thing that will change is that cybersecurity is a major pillar guaranteeing or ensuring that level of trust if you do business. So the level of cybersecurity in trust is just growing exponentially. So we formulated these 10 principles. They're starting from clear ownership on cybersecurity Via, we need to educate more because it's people that run the technology and that take major decisions. So they need to know about cybersecurity. And it ends on, hey, we also know that it's not just the big companies that run cybersecurity. It's also the governments and the authorities. So it's a multi-stakeholder approach, if will. And whoever wants to become a partner of the chart of trust needs to buy into these principles and also commit to help implement these in their own environment. And that's a crucial factor for the trust within the group.
1: Can you share one or two of these principles? What what nature are these?
0: I think one important one, and maybe if you will, the mother of all principles is uh, the one about ownership. That's principle number one. Where we say cybersecurity shouldn't just be a support function. It is of crucial matter to any organization. So it should be put at the highest level. And for example, giving you the Siemens picture, that's exactly what we did. So we set up our Siemens internal organization for cybersecurity, all new, let's say lifted it to a higher level, so to say, and we have Natalia Europesa as chief cybersecurity officer taking full responsibility for all of cybersecurity and reporting to the managing board. So reporting specifically also to Roland Burge, who takes care of the topic. So as high as possible, And we recommend that to every other company out there, no matter how big or how small. That's one. The other one is ties right into this would be principle number two, where we are very clear that cybersecurity is not, you know, if we think about cybersecurity, it's not just us. It's not the own organization only, but you also have to incorporate third parties, especially the the suppliers in the supply chain. You can only achieve cybersecurity throughout the supply chain by working together and we certainly, as a big corporation, have a certain level of responsibility towards our suppliers to enable them be better on cybersecurity and, and vice versa also to our customers and help them improve their state of cybersecurity. And that is kind of, that's that's something that we've woven into the chart of trust and that we're now applying in our business.
2: share some more use cases and business model and how do we shape cyber security as an opportunity
0: well there's many ways on how we enable cyber security certainly more and more of course also into a business opportunity because customers feel how important trust is and they also get to realize how important cyber security is so If you think, for example, on uh, specific lines of business in mobility, for example, the topic of cybersecurity is becoming more important. And we increasingly see that cybersecurity is asked by customers and Siemens has good answers to cybersecurity. So we win customer trust and we actually win also customer orders based on cybersecurity. So that's one way to look at this. But literally, it happens in all lines of business. So be it in factory automation or in business automation, everybody's looking more and more into cybersecurity, especially in critical environments. And speaking of critical environments, now that we are in COVID-19 crisis, it is obvious how critical the digital infrastructure overall is, because here we are either sitting at home, working from home, or at the minimum relying on physical infrastructure being run more and more digitally, right? Power grid, the water and everything that's steered in a digital fashion. And if that doesn't have cybersecurity resilience built in, it will not be resilient in the end. And Siemens has a lot of products that are kind of tying right into this and that have a high level of cybersecurity built in. And we take big efforts to ensure that as we go along. So that's how it ends up, let's say, in the business and how it can also be, yeah, I would say so, a differentiator.
1: Amazing. Interesting. So if if you look then on the customer and on, on the opportunities, right, where friction is, is opportunity and to push cybersecurity out of, let's say, the dark or the, you know, mal- malus, basically corner right uh, into actually it's an opportunity maybe also a business opportunity yeah. then you will see that a lot of partners and customers are still in their cloud first strategy let's say right so being connectivity uh, on the hook digitalization their processes if you look on the cloud environments what what are the somehow the top security findings and, and remedies yeah, you find you know what what are somehow the user suspects and the interesting one in cloud and hyperscaler environments
0: well, cloud is certainly a, a very interesting topic if it comes to cybersecurity. And I would say it also probably has a little bit, you know, a, a changed story behind, right? Because when cloud started in the whole cloud business model. It wasn't necessarily regarded as the most secure thing you could do. Now, that has changed somewhat, I would say, because now we also see that it can be very beneficial to security, for example, in being able to scale and have, have a certain dynamic if it comes to loads, for example. And, and one thing that we see in cybersecurity could, for example, a targeted service request, right? We call it denial of service attacks. And that is something where, you know, cloud sometimes has a good answer to this. Now, on the, on the flip side, what is also clear is that if a company or an organization that purchases cloud services doesn't take care of that, then they will also not be secure. So, you know, what we see with cloud is you need to be on top of things as an organization purchasing cloud storage, for example, to keep it secure. The responsibility and the ownership on cybersecurity, no matter if it's cloud or on-premise, rests with the organization. And if you don't have that sorted out, then ensuring cybersecurity, at the very least, I would say, difficult.
2: As yes, we are in, in a transformation from cloud to edge in IoT, what challenges will the transformation towards of cloud to 80% of value and data on edge level bring with?
0: I think the challenge is exactly what you said. So there's a distribution between different forms of slash analyzing and storing data. So it will be in different locations. And that, of course, needs to be taken into account. Now, we believe the way to do this is by starting with a solid risk management and risk perspective. On your data and classifying the data in accordance to its risk level and then tying the measures to it. So what we see is that in cybersecurity overall, it probably needs a, a broader set of different measures that you need to apply at the same time, right? So just as the, the data landscape becomes a little bit more complex, so does or so could become cybersecurity a little bit more complex so you need to be on top of things you need to manage that and you need to proactively manage that if you have a solid cybersecurity organization and a, and a good risk approach to it i don't see a reason why that shouldn't be possible but you need to be on top of things i, pro- I think probably that's what that's what really changes and and one more sentence if i may there on that. i think it's also changing constantly right so a very good cybersecurity approach is able kind of react to these changes in a proactive fashion.
1: talk on, you know, edge and maybe also on device level, right, there is no way we're not talking about Stuxnet, <laughs> right, because I, I think Stuxnet had quite quite an impact, right, on the industry, yeah, also now in the infrastructure and industry, right, SCADA system, and I just, just from a bit of, you know, what has been published and has been written, right, it seems to be the most sophisticated, you know, software, written piece of software in history, right, because, you know, you first just lie down on a USB drive, then, you know, somebody put it in a block in, on the factory, then you know it sneaks behind copies itself three different ways actually, right? How to be copied as an admin so it's not being hidden, right? All these um, you know methods were a secret box actually in Windows, right? And not known by that. Then it, it it starts trying to, you know, call this websites, my premium football account and stuff like that to in order to check availability and obviously get some updates and then you know sneaking way into actually industrial process right it has a quite an impact right on the on the world but also i guess also on the corporation what exactly changed this event of Stuxnet?
0: yeah it, it, it is certainly a kind of an, an, an event that might have turned a little bit how we look at cybersecurity overall it certainly was eye-opening for the entire industry and let alone for siemens obviously and so it, it was new at the time. It was the major first major attack on an ICS system. And you know from from everything we know today and, and, and an interesting part is there's still new publications on that on that attack like coming out every now and then. So you know' it's, it, it's lasting until today that people are kind of thinking about it. obviously you know it has two dimensions. What we took from this at Siemens, and one disclaimer of course i wasn't in in my function back then yet and i wasn't also maybe too much into into cybersecurity back then but what i think the guys that were in charge back then handled it pretty well from the side of siemens because they you know, they they learned a lesson, so to say. Or we learned a lot of lessons actually through this. So that those were the times when we, for example, started proactively thinking about how to secure our product, solution, and services. And there was this initiative forming within Siemens that really looked into this. And now we are at a point where we can say and proudly say that cybersecurity is built into our development systems throughout the entire company. We have a dedicated product sir, that is kind of state-of-the-art and still leading the market and is regarded as probably one of the best approaches that any other company ha- has put in terms of product and security, We're being very transparent on the vulnerabilities. And, and you know, I always see maybe Chart of Trust as kind of building on these developments on the, the measures that had been taken, we are now building, because we are already strong, we're, we're kind of trying to reach the next level. And that's something that I think is being seen both by the competition, but also by our customers. And certainly, overall, it has lifted the topic of cybersecurity to another level, because then, you know, the wider public and, and certainly the industry realized, oh, there's something like operational technology, and that that is also a matter of you know, of, of cyber attacks and we need to protect against this. So it, it has changed a lot, I think. It has generated awareness, but it has also generated a lot of of actions, increased the resilience and the protection. But that being said, of course, there's still a long way to go. So we see the impacts until today. I hope that our efforts will continue. And certainly it has changed and it has had a tremendous impact to our efforts from the side of positive ones.
1: In terms of you know uh, the, the, these expertise and this 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 training, right? Basically, this lessons learned from all this this evidences that we have and the, the experience that we have. Do you think that our employees are appropriately trained, right, on on cybersecurity? You mentioned it before. A lot of us are now in home office, right, connecting now remote to the to the corporate environments, right. I guess, poses some kind of challenges also to not only IT infrastructure, right, how to make a a secure connection, but also in terms of how do we secure now the partners, the products, the corporate itself, right, and what kind of training and upskilling needs to be done in the digitized world to our employees and maybe also our customers and, and partners, right, how to keep Updated? Can you share with the audience some of the processes and initiatives you think are a quite good best practice?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and you're, I think you're spot on only on one of the topics, and that is how humans are very central to cybersecurity. We have maybe cybersecurity has a little bit of a history of being very technology focused. And more and more we realize as a as a discipline how important it is to involve humans into the whole game, because we see in, in just one example, and you mentioned Stuxnet, for example, that made use of human interaction right and the same happens with very many uh, cyber attacks that come that go through emails for example, or now during covid nineteen of course to covid nineteen as such there's a lot of unsecurity insecurity with COVID-19 as such. And attackers are trying to abuse that, right? So they're sending a lot of emails that claim to be something on COVID-19. And, and and users see this, and they want to click on it. And rightfully so, because that's the one thing that they have on their mind. But we need to, as a cybersecurity discipline, need to find ways of how the user doesn't click on that, right? And the way we do so is by generating more awareness. So awareness campaigns, of course, are have been running for, for quite some years now in Siemens. We want to foster that, but also up our game there. So we need to do more and we need to put the, the humans even more into the center. That being said, I also need to differentiate because there's, let's say, the, the, the normal user, if I may say so, but of course, there's also cybersecurity experts. There's different kind of expertise needed. I would say that each and every employee should have a basic understanding of cybersecurity, so that they kind of can protect themselves and be also wary if if something's happening. So they know what to do. We build, let's say, a basic capacity. Especially now that there a lot of employees are sitting at home, they have more responsibility for the cybersecurity because nobody's taking care of the network as they would if they would be sitting in an office. Now an employee has to think about: Is my Wireless actually protected at all? Do I even have a password on it? So, these are the questions that we want employees to answer for themselves. And for example, on COVID 19, what we did, is we had a, a campaign actually launched also with the chart of trust partners. So, not only Siemens internal, but broader than that, we shared that with the whole world, so to say, and, and certainly with the other chart of trust partners saying, hey, here are the eight things you should be aware about if you're now working from home. In terms of cybersecurity, and be aware that there are people out there that will abuse or try to abuse a specific situations. And the other group of people that I want to mention and that are very important in this whole game are the cybersecurity experts. And at Siemens, we have some of the best people in this discipline working for Siemens, doing a great job every day and forming a community. And that community at Siemens, I can tell you, is very strong, very close, and they have very, very high yeah, almost, let's say, ethical standards if it comes to cybersecurity. So what we see is that that community forms kind of, you know, they are the ones that actually protect Siemens. They are the ones that see something and act on it. And and that is strong. That is much stronger than, you know, any, any organization you can set up in a, you know, in a nice engineering kind of fashion. But we really have achieved a community that takes great pride in, in protecting Siemens and, and more so even protecting the customers. And I think that is strong and that that's where, you know, we need to nurture that community. And that's actually something I think that also some companies are kind of, you know, looking at and they might even en- envy us a little bit for that. So that's something we're proud of.
2: AI and machine learning are playing an increasing role in cybersecurity. Can you share some use cases you are really excited about?
0: Absolutely. So they are, and and I I can only reconfirm you there, of course, they're very important in cybersecurity. We do have some, some nice use cases or some nice areas of where they are already helping us. One, for example, is specifically for our cyber defense centers that are kind of monitoring what's going on in our networks, uh, both IT networks as well as operational technology networks, so factory. The sheer amount of data and logs they would have to look at is overwhelming, and it's only increasing, sometimes even increasing on an exponential scale. So what we do is we have automated, based on machine learning, some of these flows, so they're kind of pre-selected and uh, and, and, and pre-sorted so that the, the analyst, the human analyst, doesn't have to look at all the cases, but they get them kind of pre-selected, and they're also integrated from different kind of sources. As you see the data isn't coming from just one source. That's not happening, but it's coming from all kinds of different sensors and sources, and, and the sheer volume is, you cannot even comprehend if, if it's not pre-sorted. And that's something where we we're advancing on a daily basis. And that's great help. And we have the goal to, you know, foster that even more. And we also see that this is these kind of things are also interesting to customers, especially in an operational technology environment where they run their factories, want to monitor what's going on in their factory. On the that's something where we're also in advanced discussions with some of some customers of how this is. So these are the use cases that are super intriguing. Yeah, if it comes to AI and
1: machine. We worked also with the Cyber Defense Center and AI Lab um, together with Jan Pospisil actually on, you know, on penetration detection using deep learning methods on the, you know, high checking <laughs> our infrastructure and detecting these kinds of, you know, patching and high checked servers and these kinds of aspects. So obviously we, we're using AI for cybersecurity and deep learning and neural networks and machine learning for neural networks. So, but so are I guess the bad players as well, right? As they're using actually, you know, Also, AI and machine learning technologies, you know, to target, I don't know, from fake news to bots to penetrations, deep fakes, I guess, right? I've heard recently emulating uh, speeches where you know, the system was trained on on a speech amplifier in the voice of the CEO. And they called then um, the CFO to to make a a transfer, a check transfer, (laughs) basically. The same happened actually on large, uh, let's say, social networks, uh, very popular out there, which happened in similar kind of aspects. It seems to be almost undoable. How do you cope with that right is is those kinds of you know fake news and fake generation using technology AI for for the bad let's say right is that somehow capable for an organization itself on a single player
0: what we do is certainly for for our applications and and what we do like the products, services and solutions we want to ensure that we tie this to good values, so to say. And that's also something that works well in the chart of trust. We formulated the 10 principles and they're almost kind of like values, right? That the companies adhere to and and that they subscribe to. And that's something that our people, the coders, but also the decision makers can buy into so they can weave it into the products and solutions and services that they're generating, right? And if you don't start there by being very clear on what values you want to live on as a company, you wouldn't end up with a value-based value based a product in the end that ensures that, so that's how we weave this into Siemens and and certainly. From a cybersecurity point of view, in protecting Siemens, but also in protecting our customers, we need to always keep two eyes open for these developments on how AI and machine learning can also be abused in cyber attacks. And we're certainly looking also into, you know, what are the various means of of how we can protect against that. And these kind of techniques, they're very simple. One would even say they're common sense. Now, uh, we as cybersecurity professionals need to sometimes detect exactly that common sense and tell it to the people and and give them the strategies to deal with this. Because I believe if we take people along on that route and equip them with, with the right tools or techniques to counter that, I think we can be stronger.
1: Mm-hmm. That means a lot of training, right? Making transparent how our technology works, what's the capability and what the risks uh, uh, go ahead. One aspect that we see, in, in especially in the AI momentum, is a huge open source stream, right? So we, we uh, a lot of platform, you know, TensorFlow, PyTorch, and so on, right? Platforms, um, and computational toolings, flow-based toolings that we use are now uh, being done open source, along with the algorithm, actually, right? Does, you know, on one side, uh, open source project mitigate, uh, you know, security risk, or is it even multiplying, you know, these security flaws? Well, what's your take? And it exists there in cybersecurity also this open source scene, like this movement that we have? We share papers, we discuss algorithms, we make transparent how systems work, right? But is, is that a backdoor?
0: Quite the opposite, I think, We So uh, I think in, in cybersecurity, it, has, it kind of ties into the big open source movement. We do see it as, as very positive overall, not the least because it's about trust, right? Uh, coming back to the original topic, Trust is generated if you can show a certain level of transparency. And that's that's a big strength of the open source community and also of, of open source as an approach. It, you can look into the code. You can, you know, yeah, you can look deep into it and see if it's trustworthy or not. That's uh, actually a, a very current discussion again, if you think about contact uh, uh, tracing apps uh, now with COVID-19. You know, people are very, how to say, it's it's privacy and cybersecurity, but they're very careful looking at who is doing these apps and where is it coming from, and then there are some open source approaches, and, and I think they could be very valuable. And these open source communities oftentimes have very strong values on which they're working on, which I think is good. So we do make use of... Yeah, open source code or open source elements in in what we do. Overall, I would see, I would say, we see it positive. But of course, there's also in security always a lot of proprietary software that that is out there and that's being used. So, but overall, I would say it's positive. Huh? We, I'd rather see this positive. And maybe it's no surprise that also in the chart of trust, not, we're not an open source community. To be clear, we're also not coding anything, but. I think some of the elements that we use in thinking about cybersecurity and in, in you know, driving that topic forward to the benefit of the industry and also maybe society, they come close to kind of open source thinking. And I think that's a, that's a little bit of a paradigm shift to cybersecurity because we used to be very much, you know, need to know based. So very careful, you know, it was called information security not too long ago, so you wouldn't share anything. Now we're trying to be more open because we see that certain network effects, for example, are only, you know, you can only reach them if you're more open. You're becoming more stronger. Uh, And resilience as a, you know, as an element of cybersecurity, hey, you can only reach by not being alone. eh? Resilience is resting on many shoulders. So it's certainly very intriguing.
2: Kai, thank you very much for sharing this. Let me give you for the closing a couple of sentence starter phrases. Innovation is.
0: For me, innovation can be, it can take any form, uh, be it technology or be it also innovation in terms of uh, approaches and ways to these things. I think the fundamental element for me of innovation is how do you want to improve something or at best the state of the world? If you don't have that urge to improve something, and, and, and it does something meaningful huh? so so something really helping society then I always find it difficult to call it an innovation.
2: Thank you so much for your time and trust.
1: Yeah thanks Kai and, and folks out there stay tuned right There's so much more to come actually and stay bold, committed and open-minded and we hear us at the next Siemens in lab podcast.